This is an AMI podcast. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Double Tap for the weekend. It is Saturday, it's the 25th of March 2023, and today it's all about keyboards. Tap, You're tap, listening tap, 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 to Double Tap, your tap, daily tap, accessible tap, technology show. Tap, tap. Now, here's your host, tap, tap. Stephen Scott tap, tap. and Sean Priest. Tap, tap. Hello, Sean Priest. How many taps was that? That wasn't a, a double taps. tap. That was uh, one singular uh, amount of taps. So. Well, it's finally happened. It's fine. We've got your episode, the one that you can indulge in your, I'm going to use the word, fetish. That is yeah, you know what, Stephen Scott. I would like to sit and say, no, that's nonsense. What are you talking about? What are you saying? How yeah. dare you? But you're right. You're absolutely right. This is my obsession. Why am I obsessed with keyboards? It's a weird hmm. thing to get obsessed by. I think it's I think it's partly because it's the kind of thing that, okay, don't get me wrong, you can't do it all the time, but you can sort of sometimes just splurge on a keyboard, can't you? You just go, you know what? I'm going to buy a new keyboard. I'm going to treat buy myself. A new keyboard. I'm going to treat myself. And then well, you, you know, kind of regret the decision when you buy one that costs $250 and you think, why did I do this? Oh, please yeah, work. No, no one does that. Um, that. Yeah, yeah, of course you did. It's, it's interesting though, right? The keyboard is is your computer. It's the way you interact with it. It is it is your way in. If we're going, let's, let's get deep. Let's get uh, philosophical about as, it. As I believe the late Olivia Newton-John once said, yes. let's get physical. Yeah, I mean, okay. she was talking about something else, but what I'm talking about keyboards. Let's get tactile. I mean, yeah, look, the keyboard. The Let's get tactile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Let's stop that. Get ta- that. No, it doesn't work. Right. Stop it. The, 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 you totally, you ruined it now. You've ruined my flow. I was Where making are it. my function keys? Right, that's it. Stop it. Uh, look, it's Oh, the no, hang we- on, I've got a better one. Oh. Is there an insert key? There you go. <laughs> Finished. <laughs> Oh, yes. A long time ago. <laughs> Look, keyboard. I mean, keyboards are so old. I mean, they're, they're, they're the, the, the way we've always interacted with computers. And yes, we've got touchscreens now, but it's interesting how, you know, touchscreens on laptops and even um, desktop monitors, they are available, but they're very seldom used. It, it, the keyboard is the main way to interface. And, and because of that, yeah. It, there's nothing worse than switching computers and getting a new keyboard with that, be it a laptop or whatever, and you just feel so out of place and uncomfortable. Keyboards are, are your home. There, I've said it. Yeah, well, I think you, you put it very well. I mean, Thank you. I, I will say that... Thank I saw you very some, much. Yeah, well done. I Thank did you. see someone on Twitter saying that it, that it should almost be a law that keyboards on laptops specifically have the same layout across every design. Hmm. Because, and I think, I have to say, I think that's a little bit of a blind request because I agree with that, but I think that's very much something that other people would go, well, hang on a minute, you know, I maybe don't want a function row key set or I don't need a number pad or, you know, those kind of things. And I think, okay, is is that really going to fly? But I do think that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like with the Lenovo thing. Now, I've had a lot of Lenovo laptops through my hands over the years. And, you know, with that, every single one I pick up is pretty much identical but never the same even in the same brands i mean so i I always tend to go for think pads and Mm -hmm. it's because of the build quality it took me a long time to get into the lenovo thinkpad it kind of was a friend of mine that actually got me into it because he had one and i'd never really thought much of them and then he was telling me about the the way these things were built they were so robust and they really were the business computer where to me growing up it was dell really was the business computer where i worked it was all dell computers yeah and then before that, it was HP. That's right. Then yeah, before yeah. that, it was Compaq. And, you know, and it was all Compaq. these different brands that came along. Yeah. And um, I remember thinking, you know, Lenovo, I, I don't know, maybe I just had a bad experience or I'd, I maybe only tried, like, uh, maybe one of the other brands. Because, you know, they've got the, the Yoga um, yeah, yeah, and they've yeah. got IdeaPad. And those are what I would say consumer devices. I mean, they're not terrible by any stretch, but... Some of them, you know, the, the entry point is much lower in terms of cost. Yeah. And with that, you get, you know, sometimes lesser quality processors in there. Like, if you, I mean, or even just build quality, God. right? 
Well, the build quality is actually okay. It's not up to the standard of a ThinkPad, but it is yeah, yeah. decent. Um, I mean, unless you're banging it off a wall, or you're throwing it downstairs, and if you're doing that, then well, frankly, you deserve what you get with, with the result. I do of it. that all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's why you buy one of these because then you don't have that hassle. <laughs> you can drop it downstairs. It's been tested falling downstairs, and it's fine. But yeah, so I mean, there I have. So I've got in front of me right now. I think it's the T14 I've got. And I've got an X13 Gen 2, which is, um, I think, two models back. It was a 2022 model. And these two keyboards are totally different. I mean, in terms of feel and even layout. Now, granted, it's a 13-inch versus a 14-inch laptop, so there's a little bit less room. But even so, even so, there's loads of keys that are missing from it. So, for example, on the, the T14, the one I really love, it has a dedicated home, dedicated end, dedicated insert key. Yes. On the other one, it has home and end, and end is the insert key as well. You've got to hold down function to get to insert, which is yeah. basically rendering it useless. Yeah. So you either use sharp keys to swap the insert key, sorry, the end key to become an insert key, yes. but then you lose home and end. And, uh, you know, so you have that game, and you could end up just, you just shift your keyboard all around, which doesn't make sense. I can't, I'm, I can't find a, I'm desperately trying to think of an argument against that all keyboards should have the same layout. Just to play devil's advocate, and I can't, I can't actually. Why, why shouldn't that be a thing? Why shouldn't that be a specification? The control key should always be, you know, the far bottom left, and mm. then the Windows key should be always be in the middle. Why is that a bad thing? No, is that, is, still, no, hang on, though. is that not a PC thing? Because yes, I think all Mac keyboards are the same. Oh, now I wouldn't know. I don't know. I think that's fair to say. I mean, I, I'm trying to think about my. Hang on, what is it? Where's my with my many laptops. Yeah. So if I, if I open up my Mac... goes off foresting in his Mac forest there. Mac yes. forest over here. I found one. I found an apple. <laughs> uh, right, so hang on. So, we, yeah, we do have it. It is different, yes. Oh, so it's come to oh. life. Um, so it's got the function key, and then it's got control, then it's got option, then it's got command. Uh, whereas on the magic keyboard over here, it is... Hang on. That's exactly the same. So, yeah. It is actually the same design across the Well, if, if Apple are having that identical layout, then it must be uh, the correct way to do things. Uh, honestly, I, I can't think of an well, argument against that. Also, in now, fairness, I think it's the same with Chromebooks as well. I think they all have the same layout as well. Well, yeah, okay. Simple yeah, layout, take you that. might argue, but, you know, control, the, all, you know. Uh, well, you can, is it control? Yeah, I think it is. I have no idea. Yeah, Certain control and all they all somewhere. have. Um, you, can, you can have different... Um, like dimensions, right? Where the, the space between the keys, the height of the keys, depending on the form factor of the laptop, you know? Yeah. You could still have that, but the layout could still be identical, as I said. All those, you know, having the... Um, you could even have a specification for full-size keyboards with a separate numpads um, and one for laptop, compact keyboards. But the, the layout would always stay the same. I honestly can't think of a reason why that isn't a good idea. So it's been interesting because I've been using a mechanical keyboard now at home for best part of a, about a year. And it took me a long time. You might remember this. I, I had a real crisis. I mean, it was a proper, you know, like, I mean, you forget the world falling to bits, global warming, no, no, you know, yeah, potential of the end of the world. You know, forget yeah. all that. I uh -huh. had a crisis because I had to decide whether or not to get a mechanical keyboard in my house. Yeah, absolutely pointless. I do not understand people's <sighs> obsession with mechanical keyboard. I think Stop they just that. hear mechanical and think it must be better. Oh, I, why? It takes me back. It takes me... Well, okay, first off, it took me back, right? It took me back to the old days. And then I tried one of the computer keyboards that kind of replicated the old days. And I thought, this is terrible because it was so <laughs> loud. I mean, it was. It was so... It was like, click, 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 click. Yes, you know, and exactly. You're sitting with, and boom, boom, boom. I mean, it was like having the Perkins out. You know, it was just like, you know, here we go. <laughs> And I thought, I just, I can't deal with this. My wife was complaining. The dog was barking every time I started typing an email. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> so I thought, this isn't working. But then I learned about the different types of keys that you can get. And then I settled on this. Now, this one I picked up, uh, I said this before on the show, but we talked about the fact that we, you and I had been into Best Buy in Canada. And I was playing around with the G915 Logitech. Yeah. And that was the one I ended up settling on. Now, at the time, I was in love with, and you'll remember this, the MX Master Keys. I think that's right, isn't it? Master MX Master Keys? Master um, Keys? I don't know. Is that the name of it? That was the Logitech one. MX Keys. Oh, MX Keys, that wasn't it. Just it was the MX, MX Keys. Keys. Yeah, that's right. 
And that was the one I was in love with. I had those little, I had, you know, the recessed keys so you you could almost slink just slink your fingers right into oh, yeah, position the, it was lovely like fingerprint little dips in the keys yeah that's right yeah 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 really nice and a beautiful keyboard and uh, unfortunately i think i killed mine <gasps> I, I know i did because the some of the keys stopped working i yes. mean i was hammering that thing for about dead. two it's years like you know you killed it <laughs> yeah i mean it was two years it was getting hammered on a, and again, that's the thing. When you're a screen reader user, your hands are never off the keyboard. I'm sorry, that's that. Two years is nothing in keyboard life. That should that should have lasted. You should you should have sent that back, Stephen Scott. Well, yeah, but they, I don't know the boxes and oh, it's too much work. Okay, yeah, yeah no, that's right. That. Just throw it in yeah. the bin. Yeah, get rid of it. By another one. You hate the planet. It's fine. I, you know, it's it's kind of it's, it's not what I can do about it. I, I'm not going to lie to you. There's not much Stephen Scott can do to save the planet. So why try? All right. Um, yep. So yeah, uh, keyboards. <laughs> Sorry, I totally put you off. You, you did. Um, so the, the G nine fifteen. Defend myself you, against one, global warming. <laughs> Greta on the phone in a minute. Was the one that you replaced? Used to yes. replace the MX keys. And that one was pretty much PC specific because it is a PC keyboard. Does uh, it we, matter? I don't. Honestly, I don't understand this. This is PC specific. This is Max. Because yes, okay, the keyboard label, uh, the key cap labels may be different, but we don't care about that. No, I don't care about that. But what I do care about is when you connect it to the Mac. So it has one of those little dongles, this one, um, which a lot of the most of them come with now, especially Logitech keyboards. They all come with these little unifying dongles. Yes. Um, I don't really know the difference. There's like a unifying one, which seems to be just like standard. And then there's a bolt dongle. I don't know yeah. what the difference between the two is. No, I'm not sure either. Yeah, I don't know. But whatever one it was, I plugged it into the PC and it was working fine. Of course, the great thing with it is, other than making sure it's charged because it is a wireless keyboard, yes. um, you know, you're never going to really have any problems with it. You know, you're not going to have the issues you might have with Bluetooth, although I've never really had major problems with Bluetooth. Um, so, okay, that aside, I had the keyboard set up with the PC, but then I used the Bluetooth option. I could switch to Bluetooth and I could connect it to the Mac. And the first problem is option and command are the wrong way around. Uh, Right, so you have to then try and train your brain to remember that it's the wrong way around. You know, it's like driving on the the wrong side of the road or the right way around. But it is the wrong way around because that's (laughs) not how you would look at it. The command is always before space and not in the middle between you know the control so the control and and where command would be so I'm with you just yeah just terrible awful so this was a problem for a little while and it actually stopped me using the keyboard with the mac i just used it with the pc i just gave up on it because i thought there's no point you trying to bother with this i can't bother and i don't think there's any way to change it right. so i just I, and i couldn't get my head around it so i then had two keyboards on my desk i had my <laughs> mx keys mechanical mini and also this G915. It was kind of annoying me, to be honest, because I just wanted to use the one. And then we had Michael Babcock on the show. Oh, of course. He's the wizard of utilities. Did he find something to solve your problem? Well, you might remember, and I know you won't because you have a terrible memory, like me. Yes. yes. Um, but he did actually say on the show, yeah, you can fix that. You can change that in settings on the Mac. So I was quite surprised by that. I thought, okay, that's interesting. And so I did, I went in and I changed the setting and yeah, voila, it worked. But rather helpfully for us, Michael sent in his demonstration of how to do it. So this is a little demo he's put together for us explaining how to configure the keys that you want, where you want them uh, on your keyboard on the Mac. Hey, Stephen, Sean, Double Tap listeners, Michael here. And today we're going to talk about keyboards, Stephen's favorite topic. So I'm using an iClever full-size keyboard. It has a number pad on the right side, which I think works. Honestly, I don't use it except for for the numpad commander and extra places to have keyboard shortcuts assigned to. Mm -hmm. And this keyboard has the following layout. Quick tip, VOK will let you get into keyboard learn mode. You'll hear that going from left to right, you have control. Control. The FN key. Command. Option. Followed by. Space. Option. Command. Control. In this instance, the command and option keys are backwards, especially if you're going to be doing anything in Windows. So I'd like to change my command key to be my option key and my option key to be my command key. We start out by locating. System settings application. And then opening it. Open. 
System settings. Appearance window. Table. Appearance. Selected has keyboard focus. On this table, I'll begin by typing KUI. Keyboard. And this takes me to the keyboard pane. Because I wasn't interacting, all I need to do is press VO right arrow past the vertical splitter. Keyboard. Scroll area. And locate the keyboard scroll area. In keyboard. Four. Delay until repeat. Slider. We want to interact with this and locate. Keyboard shortcuts. Button. And select it. In dialog, table. This takes you to the keyboard shortcut settings of system settings. If we tap M. Mission control shortcuts button. And M again. Modifier keys button. We're then taken to the modifier keys button. We don't have to press the button. We'll press VO right arrow. Vertical select keyboard. Wireless receiver. Select keyboard pop-up button. And this is for the wireless receiver, which is what iClever uses. Your keyboard should show up in the select keyboard pop-up menu. If you press VO right arrow. For each modifier key listed below, choose the action you want it to perform from the pop-up menu. And so I'm going to use VO right arrow to configure this. Option. Key pop-up button. I'll locate the option key pop-up button. Menu tick. Option. And change that to. Command. Command. Option. And then if I VO right arrow. Command. Command. Key. Command. Command. I can make the command key. Menu tick. Command. Option. 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 Command. Co After configuring your keyboard modifiers, locate. Done. Button. In the bottom corner of the screen. Keyboard shortcuts button. And now if I press VOK, you'll hear. Control. Followed by FN. Option. Command. And then. Space. Command. Option. Followed by FN. Control. So now my keys are fixed. Real quick recap. Go to system settings. Locate keyboard. Choose keyboard shortcuts. And then choose modifier keys. Then choose the action you want each key to perform. For example, you want command to be the option key and option to be the command key. Genius. He is an absolute genius. <sighs> Not only was that genius, I mean, I could just listen to that voice all day. It was dreamy. I'm going to use the word. It was dreamy, sir. Well, I only just said a couple of words there. I mean, I, 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 mean, I wasn't talking for a whole two and a half minutes. So who, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you wish. Um that is really cool. I, I'm, I'm wondering if there's a way to do that built into Windows as well. Because usually, no, probably to, not. No, no, probably not. I, I don't know, but I am going to see if I can find anything. Because usually, you got to use a third-party utility to remap keys like that. That is really cool. Well, that's the thing. I mean, the, it kind of shows you the power of the Mac in a lot of ways because there's more in there than you would ever th ever think. To be perfectly honest, um, I should also say that he is um, he is using the latest version of mac os as well it's important to say that because of course there is that new settings center yes. which is um questionable i have to say i think that the problem i have with that setting center is that it just it makes things that would have been easy to find almost impossible to find it hides things in there so like for example one of the settings that you would might you probably will want to go to when you get a mac is to change your um function keys to not be uh, say, for example, the brightness up and down or action yeah, yeah. keys, that kind of thing, or shortcuts, really. Um, you want to change them to be F1, F2, F3 by default. Uh, that's hidden in that same menu under the uh, under the not modifier keys, function keys. So, you know, you've got to kind of, you know, jump around a little bit inside a lot of like window after window after window to get to mm -hmm. what you're looking for, which is not ideal. But I think it's one of those things we'll get used to. I think if we're probably just so used to the settings pane, it never changed at all. It's no, that's right. on the Mac at all. I mean, well, I mean, it changed <laughs> from when I used it in System 7. Yeah, I mean, maybe a little bit of insane. <laughs> but, you know, uh, not that dissimilar in some ways. And, you know, obviously they've changed it now. A lot of people are still getting used to it. But uh, I'm really glad Michael did that because it was a good chance for people to learn how to do it. And the other thing to note in there, he talked about the bit where the, the drop-down menu, where his wireless receiver was. I checked that because I have a couple of keyboards, just the way my system's set up. I've got two or three keyboards connected to it, obviously. Yes. And I actually do that deliberately because I have another keyboard set up in case the battery goes on one, uh, you know, in the middle of something. That's the last yeah, thing you want. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I checked and you drop down and that is the settings you're changing are specific to that keyboard. So the other keyboards are left alone. It's not a universal change. Yeah, which makes sense, right? You want it specific to a keyboard. Yeah, absolutely. But I wouldn't have expected that, though. 
You know that I would have, I was kind of expecting it to be yeah to be a little dumber than it actually is yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> yeah I was kind of oh this is actually quite smart um, I mean it's like that that app we were talking about earlier in the week the centered head you know having the ability to check the iPhone camera which is your continuity yes. camera as well yeah, I mean that, yeah. that was just the first question someone asked me when I told them about it and they said oh can you do this and I thought hmm can you and, and yes, it was yes you can in fact funnily enough this is where we help each other out because Michael didn't know about that so we told him about that and we actually were able to I feel like I was able to give something back well done finally after all these years of people giving to us um, but that but it's really interesting I mean that's the thing I mean, are you a numpad user because this is another area when it gets to these keyboards it gets interesting how useful the numpad yeah. is I, I am I've started using it since um, since I've started to dive into the screen reader a little bit more and um, yeah particularly with the more inaccessible apps where you try to get as much information as you can, you start using the numpad to, you know, try and dive into it and, and scrape as much information. So I've started using it from a screen reader point of view. Um, I do like the numpad as well. I do like it for typing numbers. I do find it easy, although I've been touch typing for years and I consider myself to be quite capable with touch typing. I still struggle hitting those numbers now and yeah, again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, just reaching over to the numpad, I, I do I do like that. So yeah, I always do prefer the numpad. I think there's a couple of things I always look for on a keyboard. One is that the FN keys are spaced out, so ideally they're in banks of four. That would be nice. So you have F1 yes. to F4, F5 to F8, you know, and it just, it just makes it so much easier. Even if it's just a small gap between them, that's fine. I don't need like a key... Uh, keys length between them just anything just to indicate that's your group of four it does make it easier I think you either find that you get uh, the kind of layouts I like with all these options they come in two forms they either come in these mechanical keyboards because you find that a lot of the kind of mid-range let's just say the Apple-like keyboards that people sell and there's a lot of examples of that Microsoft do one they've got the Surface keyboard um, you get a lot of Dell keyboards that do this. There's like a Premier edition of Dell that you can buy. And what, what they tend to do is they have all the FN keys. All the keys are almost bunched together. Yeah. Almost yeah. to the level you can't tell the difference between one end of the keyboard and the other. Yes. And that's where bump-ons come on and come in yes, quite handy. Yes, essential. I yeah. hate it when the function keys are like half height as well. They're almost uh, trying to hide them away. Yes, I mean, they're, yeah. they're so important, right? We use them all the time. Don't don't try and hide them away. They're, they're fine. There's enough room to have them on. But if you want the keys spaced out, though, if you want like the function keys spaced, if you want to have the keys, you know, the QWERTY keyboard slightly separate from your row of the little packet of six, and then the obviously decent cursor keys as well, and then you've got your numpad, you're kind of looking at two options. You're looking at reasonably you know, inexpensive, too expensive mechanical keyboards that are generally gaming keyboards. But those often come like this G915 with lots of other buttons, yes. which can get a little bit confusing. The one thing I will uh, I will say about this one, even though these buttons, I, do, I haven't assigned them. We're going to talk a little bit about that in a minute, about how to use software to actually manipulate some of these keyboards. But, you know, one of the things I find with this one is, and what I like about it, is that the buttons themselves, they're kind of very soft material buttons, that are quite low down behind the actual keys. So you can't really accidentally hit them. They never get in the way of anything, and that's quite nice. They're almost, almost they're circular, they're quite small, and they're kind of very low profile almost as well. Almost recessed, right? Yeah. But they're not recessed, but they just compared to the profile of the other keys. Kind of buttons you press, really you won't even know if you press them, you know, they're that low to the, the profile. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you get them in this, so that kind of style is available there or really cheap, squishy keyboards. And, you know, yes. I think when I and when I say that, I kind of think about, if you know, remember the days when you buy a desktop computer and you would get that keyboard with it? Yeah, exactly. Yes. The, and, the bundled keyboard. Yeah, yes. and, and generally, actually, that keyboard was fine. I used to love the one the, I really used to love. My, my favourite keyboard of all was the ones you would get with Dell computers. Dell computer, especially the desktops, you would get them in the offices. And I remember once there was a, a clear out they were doing in the office. They were getting rid of all these keyboards. And I remember gra- I mean, gra- grabbing hold of one that was being sent to the tip. <laughs> and I'm like, barrows full of them. <laughs> yeah, well, nearly. But I was just like one keyboard I really wanted because it was this really lovely keyboard. It just had a brilliant... I remember when I left RNIB, I thought, can I please take my keyboard with me? But I think it was so done by that point. I thought, nah, do you know what? Keep it. Um, but it was just... <laughs> 
keep it. That's, that's kind of you. <laughs> you throw it in the bin. I um, won't steal your keyboard work. It's fine. You no, keep exactly. It. You can keep it. But no, it was. It was. Sometimes you just get that thing, and and that's the thing with a keyboard. It becomes quite personal. It does absolutely. Weird as that is, it, that you get sense? that connection to it. I'm I'm interested now. What's because you've bought a lot of keyboards. Mm. What's the most expensive keyboard you've got right now? But actually, probably this G915, because it cost me £250, which is probably about $350, thereabouts, Canadian. Um, That's probably the most expensive. The closest second to that was the Matthias Quiet. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, Tactile (laughs) Pro keyboard. That was about £200. So again, about $300. That was about the most expensive. Although in saying that, we know if you... I, I did once buy the extended... Magic Keyboard from Apple, and that was about 179, maybe not 200 pounds actually. So, yeah, again, you know, yeah, they're very expensive, <laughs> these keyboards, uh, and that's why I don't tend to buy that kind. I mean, the the, the standard, the most expensive, I uh, first, I guess, first most expensive keyboard I bought that I thought was expensive was the MX Keys, and that was 100 yeah. pounds. And yeah. I thought, wow, 100 quid for a keyboard, but it's funny how very quickly. This is kind of worrying, actually, isn't it? How quickly you get used to an idea of something costing that amount of money. Something you would have spent, like, years ago, if I had yes. gone to a computer ten shop. Bucks. Ten bucks. <laughs> exactly. Ten bucks. Ten dollars. Ten pounds. That's the most I would have spent Absolutely. on a keyboard. And it would come yeah. in a beige box, you yes. know, with a plastic wrap around it. You know, sometimes, with, you know, with a keyboard. And obviously cabled as well. USB or PS2, if you're old enough to remember that. Wow, yes, that's right, PS2. Yeah, and you had to angle up the pins and they would always break, you know, all that stuff. Yes, you had to keep turning it around to try and fit it in the right way. And you that's had to have the PS2 point. mouse to go with it and had to go in the blue and the green and all that, you know, had to all lay up properly. Colours, who knew? I know. But that's an interesting point. Do you find there's a problem or a difference between the Bluetooth connectivity and using something like the unified receiver? Because I never use the unified receiver. I, I don't want to. I don't want to lose a USB port more than anything. And I find the Bluetooth absolutely fine. I've never experienced any dropouts or lags that, that, that have caused me any issues at all. No, I can't say I have either. But I think part of that is down to where the computer is in the room. So if you're someone who wants to put the computer away a little bit further um, or it's further off away from your desk, that could be a problem when it comes to Bluetooth. The unifier does tend to be a bit more of a solid connection. Um, ah, right. Also, okay. it's far more it's, – Bluetooth is really, really easy to interfere with. That's the problem. Your phone rings next to your right. keyboard. I used to find sometimes I couldn't get anything out of my, computer, my keyboard at all. Really? Oh, yeah. I used to have some terrible – in fact, I remember when I first got – the MX keys, I used the Bluetooth instead. Just like you, I thought, I don't need this. I'll just use Bluetooth. And my f- iPhone used to sit next to it. And I, every time that phone rang, I couldn't type anything on that computer. Um, that is so strange. So, you know, that was the kind of thing that put me off it. And um, I thought, no, I'm going to just plug this and connect this up. And just connecting up that little dongle, problem was solved overnight. Because it's a, it's a different frequency it's using. So it's not on the same, it's not on like a Wi-Fi frequency or a, or yeah. a Bluetooth frequency. So it's... I don't know what it's running on, but it's clearly got much more of a clear connection than the Bluetooth well, does. I kind of thought it was more for, you know, like the mouse, right? Where the speed of the transaction, any latency is so noticeable mm. on a mouse. You, you don't want that cursor jumping at all when you're moving it around, you know? Yeah. You want to be pixel perfect. So I thought the receiver was more, okay, if you're using a mouse, and particularly for gaming, right? We're talking about, and that's where I also thought the, the Bolt receiver came in. I thought it was all about getting the fastest connection for for gaming. But, um, oh, maybe that is what it is. Maybe that is yeah, it. Yeah, maybe it's a be, higher quality connection. I just think Bluetooth just works so well. I've never experienced that interference problem you had. Obviously, if you do get that, then uh, I could see why you'd want to use the receiver instead. I'm certainly not uh, a gamer. You know, I think in my, even in my Euro gaming truck days, you know, <laughs> wouldn't have made too much of a difference, to be perfectly honest. Uh, listen, stick around. I just realised the time. We must go to break. But we'll, we'll come back and we're going to talk about the software specifically for Logitech, because you've been complaining a little bit about your Logitech software. Oh, yes. But you might have found a way around it. So we'll get to that in just a minute. We'll talk next here on Double Tap. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. 
This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Now, we're talking today about keyboards on the show. Keyboards, one of my favourite topics of all. Because there's yeah. just so many to choose from. I think, that, you know, maybe that's what it is. Maybe mm. it's because there yeah. are so many options. Unlike everything else, where it just feels like, you know, an iPhone world. You've got the iPhone 14. Oh, I see. Or the you iPhone can express 14 yourself. big. Right. Exactly. Yeah. At least yeah. there's options. It's I like, like Pokemon. accessories. You've got to catch them all. Yeah. 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 I must admit, I do. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at Newfie at the moment. As a, This is uh, Michael Fear, who was on the show recently. And uh, he was talking about his Newfie keyboard, N-U-P-H-Y. Uh, and I think that might be, I, I, I say my next one, but then I, I was looking into them and it has this design where all the keys are just squished together. So they're trying to create like a laptop experience keyboard, but, you know, with all the keys you want. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. This sounds really intriguing. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's like they, they squished all the keys together. So you've got your cursor keys in amongst your numpad, amongst yeah. your... Yeah. It's a bit like, mm, I don't know. I mean, that's bump that's bump on city <sighs> yeah, but, sitting yeah. there. It's bump as on ever. island. Give it... <laughs> They should make a movie. <laughs> give it three days and you'll be perfectly comfortable with it, right? It feels incredibly awkward for the first few days, but then yeah. you soon get used to it, no matter what the layout is. Okay, fine, I'll buy one. Right, uh, let's well move on, because I want to talk about software, particularly Logitech <laughs> options, because you've been quite critical of this, right? Certainly have, yes. I love Logitech hardware, and uh, let's let's be fair, Logitech, you know, they... they they're so popular. So many people use Logitech keyboards in particular, and, and mice, not in our case as much, but they're, they're huge. And, um, no, no, that's an average size. Well done. The software, <laughs> the software really lets it down. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to show that, really, and rant a bit. It's my turn to rant, I think, Stephen. Okay, well, you know, that's what the weekend edition is for. It's for Sean to rant. Okay, Thank let's. You. Let's hand over to Sean and his rant. Oh, Logitech, the kings of keyboards, the connoisseurs of cameras, the masters of mices. Mouses? Mice. Whatever it is, they are the behemoth when it comes to computer accessories. But there is one place where they fall way short, and that is, of course, with their software. It is a really frustrating experience, and I want to share that with you. So, as you all know, recently I bought the Logitech MX Keys keyboard. It's gorgeous, beautiful, I love it. Expensive, but I love it. Now, whenever you buy a Logitech keyboard or mouse or trackpad, along with that you will get some companion software called Logitech Options. It allows you to change the settings related to your Logitech hardware. So, for example, in the case of my keyboard, I can change the backlight options or even change what a certain key does. It's function. Sounds great. So, Sean, what's the problem? Well, I'll tell you. Firstly, there's two different versions of Logitech options. There's Logitech options and Logitech options plus. Okay, why is there two different versions? As far as I can make out, the only difference is the supported hardware. So for example, for my keyboard, I need Logitech Options Plus. Okay, I get that, but just roll it into one program. Surely you can do that. And let me tell you why that is important. If you download and try to install Logitech Options, you're in for an accessibility nightmare. It's a steaming pile of poop. Yes, I said poop. I don't care. It is that bad. So Logitech Options, pfft, no, forget it. So let's concentrate on Logitech Options Plus, because thankfully that is a little bit better. So I went to Google and I typed download Logitech Options Plus and the very first link will take you to the Logitech website where you can download it. Easy enough. Oh, and I'm running Windows 11 and the NVDA screen reader. So let's run that setup program. Logi Options Plus installer window. And now we're in here. If we hit tab, the first button we hit is, thankfully, install options plus button. Cool, easy. Now, if I kept tab in, there are a few unlabeled buttons after this, but you know what? I don't care. I found what I need. Let's hit enter on installed Logitech Options Plus. 61%, 71%, 81%, 91%. Ah, don't you just love NVDA's noises? And yes, I did speed that up. It does take actually quite a while to install for some reason. But once it's done, well, nothing happens. It just disappears and you're dropped back into your desktop or whatever you were doing before. Hmm, not 
Not very informative, not very user-friendly. OK, so let's go to the Start menu and see if it's there. Start window, search L. Logi Options Plus app. There it is. Let's hit Enter to open it up. Logi Options Plus document. Privacy Policy button. Logi, yes, Share Data button. No Thanks button. Skip button. The first screen we come to is about privacy. If you want to share your user data with Logitech or not, thankfully there's a Skip button, which is what I choose. And then we come to the main screen. Let the fun begin. Let's just tab around here. Banner Landmark at Device button. List with two items button. 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 Oh dear. Banner Landmark at Device button. List with two items button. Let's go around again. Button. 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 Yep. Yay! Unlabeled buttons! The nightmare begins. Gorgeous! Okay, but we did have one labeled element there, and that was add device. As this is my first time installing and running this software, it's going to ask me, what device are you using? What Logitech keyboard or mouse, etc. are you using? So we'll look at that in just a second. As for the unlabeled buttons, I have checked them out. The first unlabeled button is to register with Logitech, so you can create an account. The benefit to create an account is that if I install Logitech options on a different computer, then any modifications I make on this computer will be replicated on that one. So all the keys that I change, etc., will be carried across to the other computer, which is nice. The second unlabeled button is settings. Now, there's not too much in here. It's just things like check for updates to the app and change the theme from light to dark, etc. And the third unlabeled button, well, I haven't got a clue. I hit space on it, I hit enter on it, nothing happened. So who knows? Are you listening, Logitech? We don't know. <sighs> Calm down. Anyway, let's hit enter on add device. Banner landmark at device button. Button. Joy! Another unlabeled button. Let's tab on. Receiver icon graphic Bluetooth button. <sighs> okay, so here we need to select what sort of connection our device has. So my keyboard is connected via Bluetooth, and as you heard there, it said receiver Bluetooth. So I'm going to hit space and enter on this because I get no feedback. I don't know what's selected. I don't know what's activated at all. I don't even know what device they're talking about. What if I have more than one Logitech device connected at the time? Who knows? I'm just fumbling around. But hey, I hit space, I hit enter, and I'm going to hit tab. Button. Yeah, who knows? Let's just hit enter on this. Banner landmark at device button. Oh, well, that seemed to do something. We're now back on the first screen. So let's tab through. List with two items button. 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 Ah, no change there. Still three unlabeled buttons. But I know what the first two do. So let's see if I can get that third mystery button to do something. I'm going to hit enter on that and see what happens. Button. Skip button. Oh, now it does something. But I have no idea what this screen says. Unlabeled button and a skip button. So let's just click on skip and carry on. Banner landmark button button. Button button. There seems to be a theme here. More unlabeled buttons. Logitech. For the love of God, please label your stuff. Anyway, I've just tabbed past those unlabeled buttons. I don't know what they do. I haven't checked them out. Let's tab on. Add application button button. Okay, so we're finally at the actual useful parts of this program. Add application button button. I don't know why it says it twice. Who cares at this point? But what does this do? Well, okay, so by default, this is set to all applications. And what this means is that any modifications that I make to the hardware, in my case, the keyboard right now. So let's say I change it. So pressing F1 opens my Dropbox folder. That will happen across the entire system, no matter what app I'm in or whether I'm just on the desktop. But if I want to, I can hit enter on this add application button button, and it will give me a list of all the applications that are currently installed on my computer. And then I can choose a specific one, let's say the Edge browser. And when that's selected, any modifications that I make will only apply when I'm in that specific app. So when I'm in the Edge browser, when I press F1, it will open the Dropbox folder. But when I'm not in that Edge browser, it will just act as it normally does. Get it? It's actually a really cool feature. Basically, you can have your keyboard perform differently depending on which app you're in. Nice one. Let's tab on. Keys button button. As the name suggests, keys button button is where you go to modify what the keys on your keyboard or mouse, etc. actually do. 
This option is selected by default. I don't need to hit enter on this right now, and we're going to get to it in just one second. Let's tab on. Easy switch button button. Easy switch. This gives you information about the devices the keyboard can connect to. For example, if I go in here, it will say Easy Switch 1 is connected to my Lenovo laptop running Windows 11 and it's connected via Bluetooth. Easy Switch 2 is connected to my iPhone, etc. It's just for information. Settings button button. Finally, we have the settings button and there's lots of useful settings in here. I can change backlight functionality. I can disable certain keys of the keyboard if I wanted to, such as insert for Stephen and the caps lock and even the Windows key. I don't know why you'd want to, but you can and check for firmware updates, things like that, as you would expect. So that's the main features here. But again, you may see different options depending on the Logitech accessory that you've got connected to your computer. I'm seeing these specific options because of my keyboard. But if you've got a mouse connected, you may see different things. Honestly, I don't know. Anyway, Let's get to the gold of this program, and that's being able to change what a certain key on your keyboard actually does. Let's hit tab. Clickable brightness down button button. Ah, yes, the famous brightness down key. We all know where that is on the keyboard, right? Uh, no, of course we don't. And that's one of the problems here. Logitech, are you listening? It doesn't tell you the name of the key you're currently at. It just tells you the function of that key. Now, I know that that brightness down function is assigned to F1. If I hit tab again, it will take me to F2 and so on, all the way up to F12 and a few other keys that are on this keyboard as well. But just tell us what the key is actually called Logitech. It would make it so much easier. Let's tab on for a few more. Clickable brightness up button button. Clickable task view button button. Clickable action center button button. Clickable show slash hide desktop button button. You get the idea. Now, the key that I want to change is one that opens the calculator app. I mean, who uses the calculator app? Nobody. I'm not an accountant. I don't need it. Now, on this keyboard, there is a row of keys above the number pad that have their own specific functions. Now, the key above the numlock key is the one that starts the calculator app. So that's the one I'm going to listen out for, and that's the one I'm going to change. So let's tab until I hit... Clickable calculator button button. That's the one I want, so I'm going to select that one. And to do that, I'm going to hit enter on it. But not just once. For some reason, I need to hit it twice. Yep, weird. Sometimes I can hit it once and it works, but most of the time, hit it twice to be sure. So hit enter twice and let's tab on. Clickable screen capture button button. Clickable app menu button button. Clickable lock button button. So lock, I know, is the last key that I can customize. So when I hit tab again, I'm actually going to go into the options that I can change for that calculator key that I selected earlier. Search edit blank. A search edit field. Now in here, I could type a name of a function such as mute, and it would show me the options that I can assign to that calculator key, such as mute microphone or mute speaker. Let's tab out of this and see what's next. Calculator button. Calculator button. Now, this is just telling me the key that I'm currently modifying. I can't actually do anything here. So let's tab again. Keyboard shortcut button. Obviously, here I can assign a keyboard shortcut to the calculator key. It could be anything you want. That's quite nice, but it's not what I want to do. Let's tab on. Button other actions. Other actions. Now, this is where it gets cool. If you hit enter on this, you'll be given a list of actions you can assign. And there is quite a few of them. Now, many of them are what you would expect. Maximize a window, close a window, back, forward, cut, copy, paste, all the usual. But there are some interesting ones as well. As I mentioned earlier, you can mute your microphone. So just having a key on your keyboard to mute the mic, very nice. And mute speakers. But the three that I use the most are these. Button open application. Button open file. Button open folder. So with these actions, you can have a key on your keyboard to open a specific application or a specific file, say a WAV or MP3 every time you press a key, or even open your favorite folder. So what I want to do is have the calculator key open Audacity, my audio editing software. So I'm going to choose Open Application. So let's hit Enter on that. Button Open Application. Enter Application Path Edit Blank. 
So you can type in the full path to the application you want to open, but nobody knows that. So I'm going to hit tab to go to the browse button instead. Browse application button. Open dialog file name. When you hit enter on the browse button, it will open up the bog standard Windows open dialog box. So just navigate through until you find the application you want to use. Audacity.exe 5 of 7. That's what I want. Now I just hit enter on that and it's done. There's no OK button or done button. It's just as soon as you select it, it's set. So now if I just tab through all that again and go through those customizable keys, you know, brightness up, brightness down, what used to say calculator now says clickable open application audacity.exe button button. Gorgeous. Set and done. Now every time I press that key, which is just above the numlock key, it will open Audacity. And you simply repeat that process for every key that you want to modify. Now, be aware that depending on the model of keyboard or mouse or whatever it is you're using, you will see different keys available. And there are limitations. You can modify, for example, the control key or the alt key. So it may be different for you. But either way, so cool. And this is why it's so frustrating, because it's such a useful feature. You know, you can set that key to open your folder or file or whatever you want in just the same way as I set it to open application. Plus the ability to have different key functions depending on the app you're in really opens up your keyboard and can really help your workflow. It's amazing. Yet, because of these accessibility problems, the quite frankly, sloppy and unnecessarily unlabeled buttons, the frustrating way you navigate around. There's no real structure to it. It could be so much better. And it doesn't matter if you're using Narrator or Jules or NVDA. Yes, you can get more information sometimes if you arrow up and down rather than just tabbing all the way through it. And you can use, you know, the whatever screen reader's virtual cursor or browse mode or scan mode to try and get more information. But you shouldn't have to. Logitech, you should be better than this because this is a really useful app. You are huge in the computer accessories market, and this software is letting you down unnecessarily. This could be easily fixed and become so much more useful to us screen reader users, and which makes it more accessible to everybody. <sighs> okay, rant over. That was Logitech Options Plus. I hope that helped someone out there. Enjoy. Well done, Mr. Priest. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. I think that's a rant worth having. And um, <laughs> I think we should send that to Logitech and see what they have to say. Well, I originally set out for that to be about three minutes long and it, it got away with me a little bit, but I really wanted to show the screens where you just got unlabeled buttons and you think, why? It's yeah. just lazy, right? Just put a label on them and it makes everything just so much easier to navigate. But yeah, it's just ridiculous. It really is. But I mean, you know, the potential's all there because there are, of course, elements that are labeled to some extent. So, you know, the options are in there, the capability. Yeah. I mean, all we're talking about is unlabeled buttons. That's that right. Could be fixed. Yes. And the amount of updates this app gets, by the way, I mean, it, it gets a lot of <laughs> updates every time I turn on that application. Or even when I don't, it will come up and say, you must update this software immediately because something really important has come through because it's yeah, never but, accessibility. And as I said, because Logitech are so massive in this field, right, in this market, that you will even get Logitech options as a Windows update sometimes as an optional extra. Yeah, that's right. You can yeah. install it through there. So you will get it at some point. But lots of people just don't bother, you know, screen reader users, because it just seems like oh, it's just such a hassle. Well, that's right. Uh, it, the, even the idea of it just it seems like too much hassle. But, you know, you persevered. Yeah. And I think that's that's really interesting. So if you have got a Logitech keyboard, at least there are things you can do with that software. So that's something. Yes, and it is, as I said, it can be really useful. But it is important that you know you, you may have a keyboard that only has two customizable keys on mm. it at the end of the day. So it may not be as useful as some other third-party application, you know, such as Sharp Keys or whatever it may be on your system that can change any key and remap any key. But still, I do think it's a, a really you know a really useful utility. Tools in the toolbox. Okay, thank you for that, Sean. Yep. Brilliant. Uh, well, before we go, I just want to quickly mention, uh, just following up yesterday, we talked uh, about Kyler's email and his little radio drama that he put together for us, yes. which was kind of cool. Uh, I wanted to finish up on this today because uh, we talked a little bit about how this AI is, or at least has the potential to be quite frightening in the way it could be used. 
And I spotted this just today. Uh, a guy called John Meyer uh, trained an AI on Steve Jobs' voice and oh. then connected it to the ChatGPT API. So then he took oh, all God. that, connected all of that. I don't know how these guys do this, but he connected the whole thing to Facebook Messenger to allow for two-way voice conversations with Steve Jobs about anything. No. Okay. This is what he produced. So this is like a fa- we're in Facebook Messenger here. This is where he is. He's in Facebook Messenger and he's typed out the question, "Tell me about the biggest global event that occurred in 2020." Have a listen to this. This is the AI's response. Undoubtedly, the biggest global event that occurred in 2020 was the COVID-19 pandemic. It has affected millions of people worldwide and brought about significant changes in the way we live, work, and interact with one another. That's amazing. So he goes on and he says, how did COVID-19 impact Apple? So he types that question out and he then awaits the response. Like many other companies, COVID-19 has had an impact on Apple. It led to the closure of some of our retail stores and disrupted our global supply chain. However, we have adapted quickly and continue to innovate with new products and services that meet the changing needs of our customers in this time of crisis. I mean, that right. is just unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, I'm blown how, away by that. That's how amazing. Close is that? I mean, we were kind of lo- joking around yesterday about how my voice sounds, you know, nothing kind of close, like but you. not really, and nothing really. <laughs> but, you know, look at that. That is him. He has, he has trained an AI on Steve's voice, and he's able to make Steve, and not even make, I mean, this is the thing. He's actually just asking questions, and it's returning the answers as if it's Steve Jobs in his mm-hmm. voice. That yep. is frightening. It is. And that's the power of AI, right? That's, and linking those things together. That is a bombshell that we're leaving you on today. I can't, Ooh. honestly, it's amazing. But listen, thank you for that demo, Sean. That was really interesting. And uh, I thank think you. a lot of people are going to benefit from that. Also, thanks to Michael Babcock as well for his demo on uh, configuring macOS keyboards as well. So that was really interesting. Uh, Thank you, as always. Keep your comments coming. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. You can also call us and leave a voicemail, 1-877-803-4567. Or you can find us across social media at Double Tap On Air. We're off for the weekend, what's left of it. Have a great one. And we'll be back on Monday. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-tv every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.